the fact that if we're going to love God, you've got to know what love is, right? Without knowing what love is, then you're not going to be able to love God the way the Bible teaches us to love God. Uh, sometimes we think loving God is doing just uh, works. Sometimes we feel that, well, if I come to church, that means I love God. But you know you can come to church and not love God. You say, well, loving God is reading the Bible. You know, you can read your Bible and not love God. You say, well, uh, loving God is praying. You know that you can pray and not love God. You say, well, uh, how about preaching, though? I mean, I could, I could preach. Preaching proves that I love God. But you can preach and not love God. In fact, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church at Corinth, is writing to a church that had a lot of talents, had a lot of gifts. They could preach. They could teach. They uh, would have some works that they could show about what they were doing for God. And yet, in all of this work that they were doing, the Apostle Paul said, you guys are full of carnality. In other words, you're doing it not because you love God, but because you love you. Because you want people to see you, because you want to be lifted up in people's eyes. And one of the things that was wrong with the church of Corinth was that exactly. They thought love was letting you do whatever you want to do. They thought love was, well, if you put on a good show, then that must prove that you love the church and you love God. And the Apostle Paul said, you know, the problem is there's a lot of dissension. There's a lot of fighting in the church. And the reason that people are fighting is because there's not enough love here. There's people that say, well, I, I speak in different tongues, and, and look what I can do. And they highlighted their talents, and the Apostle Paul said, that's great. And I think it's good to have gifts, and it's good to have talents, and I think that if you can play an instrument, you should be playing here at church. I think if, they, if you can speak in front of people and you have a gift for teaching, you ought to teach. You ought to desire, even as young people, to say, man, I, I hope I can help in a class. I hope that I can maybe one day become a, a teacher here at church. You ought to use that gift. But the Apostle Paul said, but you know, with all of that, what you're missing, what you're missing is the most important thing. There's something more important than your preaching. There's something more important than your playing. There's something more important than all the gifts and talents that you have, and that is love. See, this is why the Apostle Paul came in writing what we know as 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you start reading the letter, from the very beginning, which is on verse 1, chapter 1, and you start reading, you'll see that there is a, a thought that the Apostle Paul is trying to get in their minds of they need to have some order in their church, and they need, to, they need to change some things in their church. But he dedicates a whole chapter here to help them focus on the fact that love is perhaps the most valuable thing, perhaps the most valuable thing that they could really do. And so we talked about this last week. We said there's a value to love. And when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, let's go ahead and read from verse number 1, and we're going to read down to verse number 4 this evening. You look at verse number 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, that word charity is the word love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me 
nothing. Last week we learned a few lessons about love. We said love's value, how valuable love is. We said, number one, it's more important than your gifts. The Apostle Paul there, he says, though I speak with uh, the, the tongue of men and of angels, and though I have all these gifts, but I have not charity, then it's, it's of no value. Love's more important than my gifts. Love's more important than my faith. He said, though I have the faith to remove mountains. That's great faith. That is uh, faith that is able to do the impossible. But he said, without love, it doesn't really mean anything. See, love's more valuable than that. And then it's more valuable than our goodness. He says, even if I do good works, if I help feed the poor and I, if I help meet the needs around, he said, you know, love's more valuable than that. Love's a higher value than even that kind of sacrifice. And then we learn that it's more important than our own sacrifices. He said, even if I burn my body, if I give my body to be burned, in other words, if I sacrifice my life, he said, but I have not charity. If I don't have love in doing it, then I've wasted my life. By the way, you can give up your life, and it means nothing if it's without love. But let me tell you, you can live a whole life, but without love, it means nothing either. Say, love's value is very high in God's eyes. It's not just something that you just a word you throw around with God. In fact, the word here in the Greek is the word agape. There are three Greek words for love. The, the Greek language is a very specific language, and, and most of us in here speak two languages, and you know, sometimes uh, when, when something is in English and you've got translate to translate it to Spanish, sometimes it's, it's hard. You've you got to uh, you, you say, man, I, I don't know how to translate this idea. Sometimes you can translate it word for word. Sometimes you can't. I remember uh, one time we were watching uh, the commercials on, on TV and a commercial of Bert Ogden, you know, the, the car place here in the valley came on. And at the end of the commercial, uh, the lady says, dale gas. Have y'all seen that commercial? How many of y'all seen that commercial? Okay, everybody knows what I'm talking about. That commercial, dale gas. And I was watching it with Rochelle and she turned around and she goes, what does that mean? And I was like, I mean, give gas, but uh, that's not what she's saying. She's not saying, give it gas, you know. She's saying, go for it, right? I mean, that's really how you would translate it. Well, in the Greek language, there's different words for the word love. There's the word eros that you never find in the Bible. But it's the word eros that has to do with sensual love, physical love. Uh, that's in the, uh, the love usually that brings us to the person that we want to marry or the person we want to date. You think they're good looking, they're very uh, beautiful, and you say, man, that, that I'm attracted. In fact, from the word eros, we get the English word erotic. It's, it's the sensual love, right? It's, it's the love that says, I, I want to hold your hand, the, the love that says, I want to uh, give you a kiss. That's, that's natural. That's, that's, uh, that, that's how God created us to be, okay? He, he created male and female so that we can uh, create family. So it's something natural. That is the word eros. But then you'll find in the Greek language, there's also the word phileo. The word phileo is a brotherly love. And we talked about this last week. It's the way that you love your brothers and sisters or your parents. But then at the end there, the third uh, word is the word agape. And that word is a word that's very unique. It's a Christian word. 
It was, it was not really very common in the Greek language, but it became common because of Christians, and Christians would use it. And the word agape, which is the word that's right here in 1 Corinthians 13, that the love that Paul is talking about, and it's a, it's a divine love, a godly love. It's a love that's different from anything mankind has ever known before. And so he's, he's trying to teach the people at Corinth, let me tell you about the love that God has. It's, it's not eros, and it's not phileo. It's agape. It's different. It's something special. It's something that God values very high. But then I want you to notice, after he shares with them their value, he kind of shares the heart of love. You know, um, I titled it this way, Love's Vein. The life. Uh, the, the lifeblood, what, what makes love continue, what makes love, love. Paul says, okay, I, I want to share this with you. First, I wanted to tell you that what I'm about to share with you is super important, so you got to listen. So you got to make sure that in your value system in life, you're making time and making it a priority to love. But let's talk a little bit about love. How is love? What is the lifeblood of love. You'll notice, first of all, he says in verse number four, charity suffereth long. So let me just say love is patient even when being provoked or in difficulty. When he says here, when he writes charity suffereth long, right there, that, that, that phrase, it means it's love is patient even when it's being provoked. In other words, even when they're trying to get you to hate something or someone, love says, I'm not going to. I'm going to withhold on that. The word in the Bible, provoke, is, um, it's kind of, it's, it means to, um, to lead someone to. Um, I'm going to use Jose as an example. Jose, would you come up real quick and, and help me out here? Jose, um, Remember his name. He won't remember yours, but you remember his. Okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, Jose, um, can you do me a favor? Can you just push me real quick? Is that all you got? I mean, seriously, push me. I mean, push me. Okay, all right, that was a little bit harder. Now, I want everybody to know, because everybody, how many saw that? Can everybody just raise your hand if you saw it? Great. Because we're going to talk to his mom tonight and how he pushed the pastor in the middle of the message. He got up and pushed the pastor. Thank you. You may be seated. I need you guys to help me tonight. Now, why did Jose push me tonight? Because I told him to. Right? He, he came and he was just doing what I, I asked him to do. And if, if I, though, were to react to that, if I were to go and tell his mom, if I were to turn around and push him all of a sudden, that wouldn't be loving. You see, what he was doing and pushing is, is provoking me to do something, to react somewhere, somehow. Though I've asked him to do that, though I, I can still react in one way or another. The word provoke is to lead somebody to do something. When somebody goes and pushes somebody else at school, usually that's the beginning of a fight. right? People that don't like each other I'm talking about. I'm not talking about friends. But, but you, you, you see, guys, in most time, when there's a fight... There's something before it, isn't there? Like they might be in the lunchroom and maybe they'll look at each other, right? Give them a dirty look. And then before you know it, it's not just good enough to give them a dirty look. Now you've got to say something. 
and usually they're words that have only four letters in them. You know what I'm talking about? And then suddenly it's like, he said what? And then it's, you, you have a problem with me? Right? And then, and then you start, what's your problem? And at some point, if they get close enough to each other and they're not socially distanced, one of them is going to push the other one. If not, both of them are going to push. That's what the word provoke means. It means lead them to do something. And you know what love does? Love is patient when provoked. Now, you'll find that not everybody in life is nice. I think you know that. Not everybody in life treats you fairly. Not everything goes your way in life. Sometimes people talk bad about you. Some peop- sometimes people criticize your family. They'll say something about your mom or dad. Sometimes people will criticize the way you look or the way you dress. Or they'll say something on social media. You say, Pastor, what are they doing? They're provoking you. And what love does is love reacts with patience. It suffers long. It it, it doesn't just react and say, well, you did that to me. I'm going to do that to you. Don't you know who I am? Don't Don't you know what you're doing to me? Love doesn't do that. See, real love, Paul said real love. I'm talking about real love. I'm not talking about puppy love. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend love. No, no, I'm talking about real love. The love that God gives us. And the love that we're to give others is a love that's patient. So the first thing you've got to ask yourself tonight is, if, if I'm going to love God, I've got to love in a patient way. You know, sometimes God allows things to happen in life that you would never would have wanted. Sometimes people die and we say, why did they die so early? Some people get hurt. Sometimes Parents divorce, and and I wonder, why why did God allow that? Sometimes things happen in our life that are are out of our control. Loving God is saying, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to suffer long. And though life can be very provoking sometimes, I'm going to wait on the Lord. In fact, the psalmist David did that many times. When I think of somebody that was loving and patient, I think of David, King David. Patient. Psalm 27, he said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In other words, just be patient. And if anybody knew about patience, it's David. Do you know that he had the same guy throw a spear at him twice? King Saul. And let me tell you something. The, the, the time that David could have killed Saul, by the way, Saul was trying to kill him. Saul, who was his father-in-law, hated him. Saul said, I don't want you to be the next king. I don't care what God says, and I'm going to track you down. I'm going to track your family down. And, uh, king Saul was spreading lies about David, doing all kind of wickedness to David, provoking David at every turn, and yet... David said, I'm not going to lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. In other words, I'm not going to kill Saul. It's not my job. It's not what I do. Many times you'll read that when David spoke to Saul, he said, Saul, I'm your servant. Saul, I'm your son. I love you. Why are you you coming after me? What have I done to you? 
And Saul would say, Dave, I'm sorry. Dave, I was just jealous. Dave, I'm, I won't do it again. And then a few months later, he was doing it again. All I'm trying to share this evening with you is that love, I mean real love, and David really loved Saul. Real love is patient. It's patient. Even when being provoked. But then I want you to notice not only that, he says, love, or suffereth long, and then he says, and is kind. Now, when he says love suffereth long, that means he's patient when things are happening to me. But when he says is kind, love is kind, that's action. So here's what we learn about love. Love is doing good to others around us and reaching out in action. The word kindness here, Paul is saying, listen, there are people that need your help. If you love somebody, you're going to help somebody. You're going you're to do something. Love sometimes requires us not to do something, like when they're provoking us, not reacting in a, in a wrong way, not saying, oh, you're going to talk about me? I'm going to talk about you. You're going to talk about my family? I'll talk about your family. Sometimes love says, don't go that route. Stop. Then other times, love says you need to reach out and do something. Love is kind. There's an action to it. In fact, Jesus told us as his followers, he said, I I know it's been said, and, and the Bible says, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What was talking about, it was talking about justice, and we should have justice in life. We want justice. But Jesus said, see, there's a higher, a higher level than that. See, because love has a big value. And he says, so I'm telling you, you've heard it, eye for an eye, tooth for two. But I tell you, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. You know what that is? Kindness. Real love is kind. It's kind. It's not looking to not do something, it's actually looking to do something. In other words, i got to be active in showing this kind of love. Uh, You should be the one that says, I'm going to share kind words with this person. I'm going to do something kind, something nice for them. Because, see, love drives us to do that, real love. You see, love has an others focus, not a self-focus. And Paul's going to talk about that. He said, first, love suffers. It's patient. Then love has action. We have to go and do something. But then notice what he says. He says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Envieth not. And this is what we learn about love. It's celebrating what others have instead of hating them for it. That word envieth, is, it's, the, it's the word that uh, we would use for envy or for jealousy. Now, when it comes to people, there's a distinction between envy and jealousy. Envy is saying, I want it so bad, I'm going to take it away from you. Jealousy just says, I just want that so bad, I want the same exact of what they have. Envy actually literally takes it from someone. And Paul says, you know, when it comes to love, it doesn't envy. It's not, uh, it's not worried about competition. It's not saying, well, God, how come they have it and I don't? How come you provided that for them and not for me? And so many times, you know what, as young people, we can get there. 
You look around and someone's got the newer clothes, the newer TV, the newer car, the newer phone. And we can wonder like, when am I going to get that? And we can start literally envying. And you can go to a high school and you can find people that are so driven to envy by envy, so driven by it that they literally start stealing things. And the world, they, 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 they want to deny. They won't say, oh, well, that's sin or that's wrong. They'll just say, oh, they have a, they have a problem. They're, they're kleptomaniacs. They just, they have this, it's just a disease. No, it's not a disease. It's sin. And if you want to call sin a disease, fine, that's fine. But it's sin. It's a choice that someone is making to say, I'm going to follow my envy instead of living my life by love. And Paul says, you know, real love doesn't envy. Uh, real love's going to celebrate what someone else has. You know, somebody in the youth group here gets something. Instead of us going, oh, who do they think they are with that? You know what we should do is, man, that's awesome. They got a new car. That's pretty awesome. When are you going to give me a ride to the mall? <laughs> we ought to celebrate when things happen. Celebrate it. See, l- love's not intimidated by what someone else has. It's, it's happy for them. So, loving God is being happy for God. Loving God is saying, I'm going to be patiently waiting when things come into my life that, God, I didn't, I didn't expect, but I'm going to wait on you. It's kind, and so, God, when you place on my heart to do something for someone else, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to say, God, are you sure about that? No, no, I, I'm going to do it because love is kind. And loving God, is that's what it means. But it also means not envy. It means celebrating others. It means celebrating even God himself when you love him. Then I want you to notice, fourthly, love is seeking to uplift and edify others and not yourself. Look at what it says there in verse number four. It suffers long, it's kind, it does not envy. uh, Charity vaunteth not itself. That word vaunteth not itself, it, um, it means, uh, that, that Greek word, it literally means um, someone who brags a lot. We, we know a little bit about bragging. If you say, I've never bragged in my life, then I'm, I doubt that. If you're a gamer, you've bragged at least once, right? Anytime we beat somebody, right, when we're gaming, it's like, ha I told you, you can't beat me. Right. Uh, we, we talk a little bit about our greatness and how good we are or, or whatever, right? And, and that's not what Paul's saying. He's not saying, oh, you can't ever do that. No, 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 no. But, but when it comes to truly, truly looking at oneself, Paul says, you know what love does? Love doesn't look to put myself in the spotlight, but it looks to edify others. You know, love, lo- love can, can look at Look at someone and look at their talent and say, man, you know what? You're amazing. Seriously. At, at you play uh, the guitar. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Man, you play that sport. That's pretty good. I, I've seen you draw some pictures. Wow. You know, I, I've, I, I've seen that you read a lot of books. Wow, that's great. You know, just looking to edify other people. Love does that. And when it comes to loving God... Love that seeks to edify means I need to edify God. 
Let me ask you something. When was the last time at school with your friends or with your family that you bragged on God? I'm telling you, I've been convicted by this many times in my life. I've gone to places with, with friends. I had a few friends that did very well in different careers that they've done. And most of the time when I'm with them, I want people to know who they are and what they've done. And hey, this is so-and-so. You know, he's the CEO of the company. Man, he, he's, he's been amazing. And many times I like to brag on what they've done and brag on them. But I have to stop and think, young people, when was the last time we bragged on God and what he's done? And listen, I know what the quarterback at, you know, Palmview did, or I know, okay, fine, if, if you want to talk about uh, what the Cowboys did, there's not a lot of brag about when it talks about the Cowboys. But you know what, we, we can talk about those things, and that's, that's fine. But how about God? Because you see, love looks to edify, to exalt. And then I'll, I want to give you this, and then we'll, we'll be done. Love is humble on recognizing that it is not ourselves who really matter. Look at the, it, it says, look at this on the back, uh, on the, at the end here. It says, charity does not, it vaunteth not itself, and then it says, is not puffed up. That, that phrase right there, it means it doesn't think too high of itself. In other words, there's, it's not so important. The word is egotistical there. It, it's not egotistical. It's not all about me. You know, whenever you get to the point in life where you say, well, ah, that's below me, you might have a problem. Like, like if you come into to youth and, and you say, pick up chairs. I don't pick up chairs. I mean, who picks up chairs? Let, the, let, let those other guys, I'm not going to do that. There's a problem. There's a problem. Whenever you think, I'm above this, there's a problem. You see, because love doesn't think of itself as the end all. It's not all about me. Life's not all about me. Listen, the sooner you'll learn it, the happier you're going to be. Life's not all about us, and love doesn't look at itself as the greatest. Love, love has a focus that's above us, outside of us. So loving God says this, it's seeing God as what really matters, not me. You see, it's love that says, hey, um, God, if you want me to go and do that, I'm going to go and do that. God, if you want me to forgive this person, I'm going to forgive them. God, if you want me to pray for them, I'm going to pray for them. If you want me to be kind to them, I'm going to be kind to them. Because you see, it's not really about me, it's really about him. That's what loving God does. And so the question this evening is, do you love God? When you think about what love is, it suffers long and is kind. It envieth not. It vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. That's love. Do you love God? Next week, we're going to learn that Paul says there's even more to love than just those things. Love is even bigger than that. 
But before we get there, I want to ask you tonight, how's your love? Are you loving God tonight? And I'm talking about really loving God. I'm talking about this is what the Bible says love is. Notice that the Bible doesn't say, I, I don't know, I, I read it pretty slow, but did anybody hear me say going to church? I didn't say that. It's not even written in there. And yet so many times, oh, that's love. It's not what Paul says. It's not what the Bible says. We're learning what the Bible says tonight about love. Let me ask you, are you loving God? This week, make a decision. Man, I'm going to make sure that God is exalted. I'm going to brag about God. And I'm going to make sure that it's not about me. And I'm going to find somebody to be kind to. And I'm not going to be wanting what they have. I'm going to celebrate what they have. And I'm going to be patient when provoked. That's love. That's love. And I hope you'll love God.